In previous episodes, we went through the evidence proving the Chinese government is enslaving, raping and indoctrinating over half a million Uyghurs in detention camps. And that two, two and a half million Uyghurs are at risk of forced labour. Via links in global supply chains, Chinese factories where forced labour is taking place are much closer to us than we could ever imagine. Due to the exploitation of Uyghur forced labour, low production costs and high demand, these factories have become essential parts of market and supply chains worldwide. Their deep penetration in the global economy highlights how many of the clothes and shoes we wear, the furniture in our homes and electronic devices we use are made by exploited Uyghur workers. The companies with businesses' relationships with these Chinese factories have all been contacted and informed about the findings, but only a few have responded. You are listening to the third episode of Made in Safe. companies in the Uyghurs for Sale report have different levels of involvement with these Chinese factories. Some companies produce their goods in these factories, while others are connected through supply chains. The latter is often used by companies as an excuse to deny involvement and avoid accountability. Our team identified 82 companies, some of which are Chinese, like Huawei, and others are international brands like Apple, Nike, and Adidas. It's not easy to establish exactly where companies produce their goods, especially as supply chains in China often do not offer in-depth information and are extremely inaccessible to external audits. However, um, some Chinese factories issue an annual report where they list the companies they sell goods to, and that's a way in which um, you can find out the links between these companies and the Chinese factories. Some of the factories that we listed were direct suppliers and had business contracts with the international brands, like, such as Nike and Taekwondo Shoes and Candy's exclusive supplier, Hefei Meiling. Aspie contacted each of these 82 brands to get their version of the facts. Most of them didn't respond. Others, including Adidas, Bosch and Panasonic denied having direct business relationships with factories involved in forced labour. None of them were able to fully rule out the possibility of a connection to the factories through the supply chain. Of the 82 companies listed, only about a dozen responded. And among those who responded, many denied the evidence we presented or claimed they had nothing to do with the factories highlighted in the report. However, most of them were not able to provide documents to prove it. Some companies continued their business relationships with these factories without changing their supply chain. For instance, Volkswagen continued manufacturing cars in Urumqi, where the company manages a factory with 600 workers, about 25% of them Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities. 
Volkswagen produces up to 20,000 vehicles per year in this factory. In an interview with the BBC, Volkswagen's former CEO in China, Stephen Wollstein, defended the presence of Volkswagen in Urumqi and said his company does not use forced labour. What is happening is certainly unacceptable. However, we are making sure that none of our production sites are involved in forced labour schemes. We made an inspection in Urumqi and I can assure you that we did not find anything. However, when asked if he could confirm that no workers in Urumqi came from detention camps, Wollenstein said he could not. We try to control our company's production processes, including human resources. This reduces the risk of non-compliance with our standards, but I guess we will never be 100% sure. For Volkswagen and other brands, proving that their supply chain is not involved in Uyghur forced labour is not easy. This is exacerbated by the fact that it is practically impossible to carry out audits and independent inspections in Xinjiang. Aside from Aspie, the 82 brands have also been contacted by French member of the European Parliament, Raphael Glucksmann, and the coalition to stop forced labour in the Uyghur region. Glucksmann and the coalition have demanded that these brands cut all business relations with factories that use Uyghur forced labour. Some companies stated they were not aware of the allegations of forced labour, and said they tried to hire international auditing firms to run inspections on labour practices and working conditions in the factories in question. Five of these auditing firms refused, saying that Chinese government pressure made conducting an audit in Xinjiang impossible. The five auditing firms that refuse are global leaders in this kind of compliance work. Sumira, which does environmental and workplace consulting, Euro Veritas and Rina, French and Italian companies that do similar work. Tufsud, a German firm focusing on politics, the economy and the public, and the NGO Worldwide Responsible Accredited Production. Major obstacles to a successful compliance audit include the risk of arrests and threats, surveillance during interviews, the fact the only government supply translators allowed, and overall the workers' resistance to sharing information for fear of retaliation. Investigators said that if they agreed to conduct an audit under the conditions imposed by the Chinese government, they risk becoming implicit supporters of the status quo. The lack of an opportunity for open inspections leaves room for questions on factories both in Xinjiang and other Chinese regions. In fact, though many factories accused of using forced Uyghur labour are in Xinjiang, Uyghurs have been transferred to other factories outside the region. If international firms can't conduct labour audits in Xinjiang, where human rights abuses have been previously reported because of Chinese government pressure and threats, getting them to inspect other problematic places may be even harder due to the lack of data on these lesser-known factories. I'm Kira and I work in the policy and research team of an organisation called Fashion Revolution. Fashion Revolution is the world's largest fashion activism movement and we campaign for a global fashion industry that conserves and restores the environment and values people over profit and growth. My work is particularly involved in campaigning for a fashion industry that is transparent and accountable. So what does that really mean? In a sentence that we believe that anyone, anywhere should be able to find out how where, by whom, and under what conditions their clothes are made. 
So why does this matter? It matters because a lack of transparency costs lives. The harsh reality is it is impossible for companies to make sure human rights are respected, working conditions are safe, and the environment is protected if they don't know where their products are being made. The global fashion industry remains rife with human rights abuses and environmental degradation. Supply chains remain complex, really fragmented, deregulated and particularly opaque. And it is this lack of visibility that allows exploitative, unsafe working conditions and environmental damage to thrive, while really obscuring who has the responsibility and the power to address these issues. This includes state-sponsored forced labour and other egregious human rights abuses against people from the Uyghur region in China, known to local people as East Turkestan. How can international brands effectively address these grave violations and comply with human rights due diligence? With Kira Barry, Policy and Research Coordinator at Fashion Revolution International, we will understand how the lack of transparency in the global fashion supply chains and the impossibility to conduct audits currently represent the real obstacles to the assurance and accountability that each brand should offer their consumers and how governments, companies and consumers can all play a role in demanding an end to the use of forced labour. Made in Slavery is a podcast in four episodes written by Eleonora Mongelli. The English and updated version was created in partnership with FIDU, Italian Federation for Human Rights and IRI, International Republican Institute and Solent University. Editing and mixing by Guido Andriani. Original music by Vincenzo Vitulli and voiceover by Katie Leeming. If you have any questions or comments, you can write to us at madeinslavery at gmx.com.